business leaders. Listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. Hey, so what's the secret sauce that creates a winner? I mean, I'm talking about why do some incredibly talented people fail to launch while some more average people actually become huge successes? Let's face it, some people, they're winning in life and some people are losing. I mean, winning or losing in life isn't determined by our inherent talent or some alignment of grand circumstances in our life. What often separates the winners and the losers? Well, let me tell you what that is. That's excuses. See, while excuses hold many people with talent and great opportunities back, others with fewer gifts and, you know, the deck stacked against them, they move forward and they succeed. See, success or failure has less to do with talent and circumstances than an individual's refusal to make or accept excuses for him or herself. I'm Dave Anderson, and this is Impact Talk Radio. And here on Impact Talk Radio, we talk with leadership experts. Some of them have done some really amazing things, like today's guest, Black Hawk helicopter pilot Elizabeth McCormick. And see, on this show, and actually on every show, we provide you with the best insights from the best leadership minds out there today. See, you can download this show and all our past shows on iTunes. So make sure when you go to iTunes, download some other shows. But also, please, make sure you rate the show. Make sure that you let people on iTunes know, hey, you know what? This is a good show. We and I got something out of this because every rating you provide makes Impact Talk Radio move up the list and gives it a higher profile on iTunes. But let's get back to that excuses thing. Who are the people that make excuses? Well, you know what? It's all of us. All of us make excuses. See, the children of divorce and the children of successful marriages, they may make excuses. The children from the wrong side of the town and the children from the right side of town, they make excuses. The five foot nine kid on the basketball court and the six foot nine kid on the basketball court make excuses. The t- salesperson in a contracting marketplace and the salesperson in the growing marketplace make excuses. See, excuses are inside all of us, and they're waiting to get out if I let them. See, most of us can think of someone who won and someone who lost. And in each of these situations, no matter whether or not they had advantages or disadvantages, it didn't make a difference. See, let's go back to those people I talked about. I know children of horrific divorces, just ugly divorces that have great marriages now and a joyful life. And I also know children who came from happy homes who are miserable, have multiple marriages, and refused to be accountable for their lives. You know, one night I can be watching the news and I can find a rag-to-riches story about a homeless man with drug-addicted parents who, who made it to Harvard. And then the next day, hear about the local country club kid whose family owns a multi-million dollar business, and he's blaming his parents for him dropping out of college. In the morning, I can watch ESPN and, and learn about that five foot nine overachiever who's playing Division I basketball, and that night turn ESPN, ESPN back on again and watch a sad story about a six foot nine basketball prodigy who now lives underneath a bridge. See, I led a saleswoman who grew her sales by 15% in a marketplace that was contracting by 10%, and I led another salesman who had an expanding market but blamed the increased competition for his lack of growth. 
See, somewhere deep down inside of us, we all have excuses that are ready to go. There are safety net that you know we use in case we fail. It's always there waiting to catch us. It doesn't matter where I come from or what gifts God has granted me with. I can always find an excuse for losing. The winners in life I just described are winners because they refuse to make excuses. They own their limitation and, their, and the advantages and decided to grow. The, the idea of growth was their responsibility. See, excuses are used to deflect blame away from me and therefore absolve me from make, taking any responsibility to learn from my failures. When I eliminate excuses from my vocabulary, I gain an edge over the rest of the world. When I ignore excuses, I eliminate the option of quitting. I go beyond plan A and plan B and start looking for plan C, D, E, and F. And even, and even if you know, that F doesn't work, I may all go all the way to Z. See, that's often the difference between winning and losing. That's often the difference between accomplishing something difficult and not accomplishing anything at all. Some folks have more, more obstacles set in front of them than others, yet they win. Some folks have fewer and they lose. What causes one to win and one to lose? Usually it's, it's excuses. Look, I'm Dave Anderson. Again, if you want to contact me and ask me questions or you're, you're looking for somebody to speak or work with your company, contact me at my email, dave at alslead.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at DaveAnderson88. We're going to be right back after a quick break to talk with Blackhawk pilot, author, and celebrity speaker Elizabeth McCormick to talk about how to lead ourselves through obstacles. And when she, when she gets here, you're going to hear her inspirational story and see she overcame obstacles and never made any excuses. We'll be right back after this message. This is Impact Talk Radio. A dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Imagine if you could stop reacting, start leading. Because you lead a low-maintenance team. A low-maintenance team has initiative, integrity, and enthusiasm. A low-maintenance team is fun to lead because they don't bicker, play politics, or wait for you, the leader, to tell them what to do. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a step-by-step program that will eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on a team. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a video-based course that provides even the busiest leaders with practical, real-life solutions that can be implemented during the whirlwind and busyness of your daily job. Watch the free introductory videos at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and learn more about what the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture can do for busy leaders who want to lead low-maintenance teams. Get the free PDF Hiring for Character Interview Guide by going to OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and downloading the OMG Power Pack. Don't stop reacting and start leading. Visit OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and start building your low-maintenance team today. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. 
Hey, I'm really looking forward to hearing what our guest has to say today. Our guest is Elizabeth McCormick, and she is a celebrity speaker. She does keynote addresses, but she, in her background, is what's really interesting. She is an Army Blackhawk pilot. She was one of the first women to ever uh, accomplish that feat, and she's a decorated. She's been decorated by the military, and and she's also a, the found, uh, one of the founding members of John Maxwell's team, Maxwell's team of speakers. She's a number one best-selling author, and her book, The Pilot Method, is really a must-read. It's something that I've been going through since I met, since I met Elizabeth uh, a little while back and been really impressed with what I heard her say and what she said in her book, and I'm just happy to have her here uh, joining us on Impact Talk, Talk Radio. So, Elizabeth, thanks for being here today. My pleasure to be here. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that probably makes you one of one of those much sought after speakers is when people see that you are or you you were trained as a Black Hawk pilot and you served in the military as a Black Hawk pilot, and that's something not a l- lot of women uh, have had the opportunity to do. So, why did you do that? <laughs> uh, sheer survival, I think, for more than anything. I was an unemployed military wife stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, which there wasn't even a Walmart there back then. (laughs) I had five years of college, three college degrees, well, two and a half, one almost. And uh, I I couldn't get a job, you know? Mm. So, so I talk about this in my book is, is, you know, when you're in those circumstances, you have to look at your circumstances, right? Mm. How did I get here? Why am I here? What can I change? I was miserable. I was miserable at the time in my marriage. I was miserable at Fort Polk. I was homesick. I wasn't able to get a job doing anything other than working in a pizza place after five years of college. And I was miserable. So I really looked at what, what what are the variables? What can I change? Now, I got to tell you, Dave, you talked about um, making excuses, right? Yeah. It would have been super easy to have sat there and whined Mm -hmm. and complained and sucked my thumb in a corner and and said, (laughs) oh, poor me. Look at me. You know, that that's easy. Yeah. In fact, it's too easy. It's too easy. If you're listening, it's too easy for you. You don't you don't want to do something that easy. Life is is beautiful and wonderful and all about potential and possibilities of what you can be. And it's way more important to look at what you can be than what you and where you are. Hmm. So that current circumstance you found yourself in, in Fort Polk. I mean, I've been there. I've, <laughs> I was not stationed there when I was in the military, but I've been there and I know what you, you're talking about. Know the limitations that environment would, would have held you in there. But I mean, what, that that moment where you sat there and said, "Oh, I'm getting out of this. I'm getting out of this home, and I'm going to go do this." What was that like when you made that move? Oh, well, I I remember it was. Um, I'd been working at the pizza place. I smelled like tomato sauce. I had to work. <laughs> I had to work nights. Well, he of course worked days, so we never. I never saw. I call him the starter husband. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't see him that much. And, uh, but I remember it was like two in the morning. I just come home after working, closing, cleaning, prepping, everything you have to do. Um, and I was an assistant manager, so I had to do a lot. And it was two o'clock in the morning and I was laying in bed and I'm looking at the shaved head of the, the starter husband. And I'm just thinking, 
this, this cannot be it. Mm-hmm. What else can I do? And I literally just went through a thinking process of what can I change? What am I willing to change? Mm-hmm. What am I willing to make better? And like made a list. And so I, you know, joining the military, joining the army was one of those options. And to me, you know, at the time the marriage was important, but um, you know, having the commonality of, of serving in the military, I thought would be healthy for that marriage. Um, it wasn't, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if the army wanted you to have a wife or a, a, a spouse, they would issue you one. So, so they told us. Yeah. So I know. Right. Us. Yeah. So it ended up being, um, you know, where I knew I could do something else. I decided to serve and, I knew that with my college, I had more potential, more options available to me. And so the really the key thing I did was research it, Dave. Mm -hmm. I asked everybody. I was a nuisance. (laughs) (laughs) I sat on that base and I asked everyone that had any officer rank. I asked senior enlisted and I just asked everybody, what would you do if you had to do it over again? What would you do different? And of course, you know, what's the coolest job? Well, they probably wouldn't have said uh, field artillery officer like <laughs> I was. So I'm, I'm betting it was pilot. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much all <laughs> over the place. It was no matter who I talked to, it was being a helicopter pilot. So, yeah. you know, at the time, I didn't realize they'd only let women in just a few years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were only letting women, you know, the army is very cautious. They only let women in one at a time, one at a time, just <laughs> make sure it works out. So there weren't very many at all. In fact, uh, when I joined less than 1% of all the pilots were women. Yeah. Wow. So now I don't know how less that percent of a percent it was. That's all we are able to get out of them is that it was less than 1%. Mm-hmm. So there weren't very many. We figured out that I was one of the first, um, probably in the first 75 women to fly the Blackhawks. Wow. And that's sheerly by mathematical deduction because the Army doesn't release statistics on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you you walk into you walk into the recruiting office, you tell them you want you tell them you want to fly and uh and that you want to be, and may, you probably didn't know that there weren't that many women doing that at that time. But point is they knew that. And that was the first obstacle thrown in front of you, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, as I was researching and I went out to the flight line and I talked to pilots and they, even it didn't occur to me, they were all men, by the way, <laughs> but they helped me and they told me what to ask for. And they told me the different ways I could go into aviation. And the only way was to guarantee it was warrant officer flight training to guarantee that spot in aviation by contract. So I I walked in to the recruiting station equipped with the knowledge I needed to succeed Mm -hmm. because I had done taken the time to do the research. Mm -hmm. And so when I walked into that recruiting state recruiting office, he told me, you can't do that. Hmm. And at the time I was so committed to the vision and of what I wanted to do of being a pilot that I, I had seen it. I was so committed to that vision. It never occurred to me that anyone would say no to me. (laughs) It just, (laughs) I was like, sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? (laughs) What do you mean? I can't do that. I know I can do that. I've already done the research, right? So, you know, there's going to be times in your life as a leader, 
um, in industry, as you're innovating, where you have to believe in yourself, your abilities, your potential of what you can be, of what your company can bring, of what you can do more than you believe in someone else's lack of belief. Well, lots of people try to pull pull you down, uh, f- pull you away from your dreams. That's for sure. If you let if you let them, so as as you so you get past the recruiter, and now you show up at on the flight at flight school for the first day down in uh, Fort Rucker, Alabama, right? Uh, so I went from uh, I had to go to basic through basic training first, and yeah. then I went straight from basic training to Warren Officer Candidate School at Fort Rucker, and then from Warren Officer Candidate School straight to flight school. Okay, so what was that like walking in that first day and, and knowing you you made through the first two uh, uh, schools, and now you're there looking at that helicopter for the first time? It was awesome. <laughs> I mean. I wasn't even in the army five months and I was getting to fly a helicopter, which by the Mm. way, since September 11th is not like that anymore. Mm. (laughs) Now, now you have to go through a lot more training before they let you at the helicopter. Okay. But, um, it was so cool. I was the only girl in my class Mm -hmm. and I was so excited. I, you know, I mean like, like the quarter mile walk from student parking into the flight to, to get to the the classroom where we brief and debrief and mm-hmm. get ready to fly. I am like strutting, but we all are, you know, the, yeah. the whole class is like, I didn't, I, I don't know many pilots who don't strut by the way. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, we kind of do have a swagger. I think, yeah. you know, it kind of, there's a, there's a definitely not a lack of confidence That's right. in order to control an $18 million helicopter. Right. Kind of has to come with the territory. Yeah. So, when I look at your book and I'm sitting there looking at this picture of you on the cover of your book, the pilot method, and I see you in your, see you in your flight suit and you've got, you've got the black Hawk in the background and everything, the pilot method. I mean, talk us through the pilot method and how it relates back to your experiences as far, as far as uh, flying the black Hawk helicopter, learning how to fly it and things and kind of walk us through uh, that. Well, the pilot method, I created that, as an acronym for pilot is, is all about leading yourself. Mm. And because you can't be a good leader of your corporation, of your department, of, of your team. You, you can't lead good unless you lead yourself good first, because people want to follow people who lead Mm. and it shows up in everything you do. So the pilot is a easy to remember acronym for the things that you need to do to lead better. And the the P is for potential. It's for believing in your own potential and believing in it when even if no one else does. So it starts with your belief in yourself, your abilities that build your confidence. Mm -hmm. And your confidence shows up in work as competence. And when you take your competence and you drive it just a little higher with a little bit more quality, time, duration, it becomes excellence. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we're striving for. But it starts with your belief in your own potential of what you can do and can be. And then I is implementation because it doesn't do any good to believe in it if you don't do something with it. Right. So you got to take the action and do what you need to do. So and there's lots of lots of uh, strategies in the book on that as well. And then L is L is for leadership, which I know leadership and leadership, but. I break down leadership into the three principles of leadership, communicate, aviate, navigate, and how everything, everything relates to it. And it's a simple framework to remember how to lead. And then O is optimize. 
So I don't know about you, Dave, but do you want to fly with an average pilot? No, that never makes anybody feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> exactly. So when I got to my first duty assignment, they said, you know, we don't want average performance. We want optimal performance. And that's maintainable and sustainable at a higher level and a higher duration than what you would get with a peak where there might be a peak in a valley. And so they talks about how, how to optimize your own performance and take care of yourself and why it's important and how it shows up in everything that you do and your attitude in your uh, ability to perform and, and it shows up and affects your competence and excellence. And then the last one is tenacity because boy, it would have been a lot easier to quit <laughs> when yeah. things got tough and they got tough, but tenacity knowing knowing that you show up when others would quit, knowing how you show up makes a difference and just knowing that you make a difference because you're there. You know, there's an interesting point in your book that uh, I wanted to ask you about where you, you said, you say fear is your friend when you're talking about <laughs> that tenacity thing. What do you mean by that? Because fear. Okay. So I really, it annoys me when I hear people talk about being fearless Right. Because fear is is an emotion that you can use as a tool, as a weapon in your your toolbox of skills, right? It's a matter of channeling the fear because what fear does is it gives you a heightened sense of awareness of what mm -hmm. goes on around you. Mm. So when you if you could take that heightened sense of awareness where you see everything and things start to move in slow motion, right? Mm -hmm. And you can channel that and utilize that. Mm-hmm for your benefit instead of your detriment. Yeah. Ooh, talk about leading yourself, right? Yeah. It's unusual because most people succumb to the fear and allow it to paralyze them. It allow they stop thinking logically. They they operate in a pure emotional state. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of as a pilot we were trained to ignore everything else, right? But what our aircraft and what our training mm -hmm. and becomes it becomes like a muscle memory. So imagine if you could take that and start putting that into practice in your business, in your life, in your day-to-day -day operations of, how, of what you do and use that to channel the fear into just exceptional behavior. Yeah. So when you – I know you've, you've been out there doing, uh, speaking and doing the keynote and being the celebrity speaker here for about uh, five or six years now, as, as I recall. If – as you encounter these business people, what do they – where does the fear come in and what, what do they need to overcome? What type of fears do, do business people need to overcome? Obviously, in the military, some people say, well, that's some more physical fear and thing, but there's some fears out there here you know, that – that business people run into. And we got about two minutes left to, to talk about that before we even go to our next break. So I just want to see what type of fears have you seen business people run into? I think there's two main fears. There's a fear of failing, mm. being embarrassed, yep. not getting that promotion. Somebody, yeah. somebody might know I'm not as smart as everybody thought I was. Mm -hmm. Fear of the whatever everyone else thinks of you because mm -hmm. of that from the failure. And I think if you're an entrepreneur or the business owner where you have a more responsibility into the outcome and the results, yeah, I think that there's also a fear of success. Mm. How is success going to change things? And it basically comes into a fear of unknown. I don't know what's going to happen, 
when this success happens, when this happens. And so what happens is because there's a fear of that unknown, there's some self-sabotaging that can occur. Hmm. Well, you know, I know uh, the the fear of the unknown, especially when you're leaving the corporate world like I did and stepping out and starting my own company, that was definitely, that was definitely <laughs> present. I mean, and now, uh, you know, th- things are rolling and starting to have see some success, but things are going to change because of that success. So that is definitely a fear that I have to encounter and face down every day. And, you know, we've got about 30 seconds left in t- until our uh, our first, our break here. And usually... Uh, here's some fear of the unknown. Usually I go out and come back and I do a closing, but I'm going to ask you to come back here after this break and, uh, that we're going to start in about 15 seconds. And we're going to finish up with you today and let you finish out the show with me. Would that sound good? That works for me. All right, great. We'll be right back after this message with Elizabeth McCormick. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at andersonleadershipsolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Passionate, dynamic, funny, straightforward, and down-to-earth are all words used to describe Dave Anderson as a speaker and a trainer. You know, people ask me, Dave, why not sales training? And I always say, you know, I could do sales training and I do periodically. I did it for 20 years. But if I help somebody become a better salesperson, it's like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. Those skills, they stay at work when somebody heads home at night. But if I help them become a better leader at work, they go home, they're a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, better in their community, better in their ministries. I truly believe that leadership is what this world needs, whether it's at work or in our families. And if I can impact that during my lifetime, I know that I will have fulfilled my purpose before I meet my maker. If you want to book Impact Talk Radio host Dave Anderson as a speaker at your next meeting or convention, or you would like to discuss leadership development training opportunities with Dave, email him directly at dave at alslead.com. That's Dave at ALSLead.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 and also on LinkedIn. Watch a video of Dave speaking at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Leaders, if you want an engaged audience that walks away inspired and ready to become the leaders they were meant to be, contact Dave Anderson via email at Dave at ALSLead.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, I don't know what time of day it is for you right now. You may be listening to this uh, first thing in the morning when you're driving to work, or you may be listening to this on an overnight drive somewhere, or maybe you're on a treadmill, but doesn't really matter to me what time of day I hear Aerosmith play their music because it gets me fired up. And, uh, you know, one of the greatest things in the world for me is to get to sit down and talk to uh, fellow veterans and, and hear their stories and understand the, the uh, 
the obstacles that they overcame to get where they where they are. And we're talking today with Elizabeth McCormick, who was one of the earliest uh, women Blackhawk pilots in the in the army. And we've been talking about her book and her her. Uh, uh, called the Pilot Method, and what she speaks on, and she's a keynote speaker, a celebrity speaker, so to speak, uh, who comes into your organization and and shares with with your people her experiences. So, Elizabeth, appreciate you again, you being here. But want to make sure people know how to contact you uh, if they want to find out more about your services. So, the best way to contact me is to go to pilotspeaker.com pilotspeaker.com. You know, that's a pretty easy, easy thing to remember. (laughs) I I was telling Elizabeth, everybody who's out there listening, I said, I love her, the way she's branded herself because it makes it real easy to find Elizabeth McCormick at pilotspeaker.com. And uh, listen, what, when you have your, I know I've heard you speak and now I, I've seen a lot of your materials and the resources that you have out there. But when you have these audiences that you've been getting great reviews from, and they're about ready to walk out the door and they're about ready to head home after a conference or a, a talk that you've given. You know, what lessons do you want them to leave with? If you could leave them with, with one thing here and the people listening today in the last few minutes that we're together here, what, would, what do you want people to walk away with? So my closing message, which I know you've heard, Dave, and we'll mm-hmm. have to save that for another time for, the, <laughs> for the, uh, those of you listening in. But my closing message is if, if you see a need to leave. Be empowered to make a difference, to stand up, to rise. Because when you see a need, it's a choice to step it up and lead and even to lead yourself first in those situations. You always have a choice. You know, so much of our life is the success and failure. I mean, I kind of started out the show talking about winning and losing in life. And so much of it is depending on our choices. I mean, we can choose to make an excuse. Or we can choose to look at look at the obstacle in front of us and see it as an opportunity as opposed to just an obstacle. Um, you know, and the choices that we all face, whether or not it's a choice in our attitude. Obviously, going through going through flight school, they didn't want they wouldn't allow you to have a bad attitude very often, would they? Um. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let them know it, though. That's that's the hard uh, thing. Uh, huh? there, there was plenty of reasons you could. It's pretty easy, you know. Again, it's easy to get hard on, be hard on yourself, and get down on yourself. And but to to be successful, it's more a matter of how you react. Yeah. To the obstacles that occur, than than the obstacle themselves. So, what are you doing? to move you out of out of the situation that you're in into something better because it's even to take no action is a choice. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And and that's what so many people who you know they say they they want to lead and they want to be leaders but then they sit back and watch watch things happen as opposed to making things happen if you steal a cliche from somebody else here. Uh and we got uh, one quick thought, one quick question for you. These women who have just graduated from the Army Ranger School. You were kind of one of those trailblazers in the pilot world, but now they have women graduating from the uh, from the Ranger School now. What is it that they that they have that they have accomplished here for women moving forward and, and leaders wanting to move forward in as far as obstacles go? Well, here's I think the most important thing that most people don't realize is that those two officers, they had to physically meet the same standards as the men. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that two finished 
is is huge. I mean, when I went through candidate school, I had to physically meet the same standards as the men. It's not like that always anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think there's a couple things is, you know, when you're put in difficult situations, it's up to you to rise. Mm. It's up to you to push harder and, and fly faster and to do what you need to do to make, to make something out of that situation. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, that's the difference. Again, your example that you talk about and those example of the, it's now a third woman has graduated, uh, graduated from there, from the ranger school as well. But the difference between those people and the rest of the population, lots of times is there's plenty of reasons to make excuses, but all of you have overcome the, overcome the obstacles that were put in place by avoiding those excuses. And, you know, for all of you out there listening right now and you're, you're wondering where you can find Elizabeth, well, guess what? She's going to be back on a future show where we're going to talk about those three pillars of leadership uh, that she, she discussed earlier, communicating, aviating, navigating. So join us for, our ne- uh, for the next time when Elizabeth McCormick is on. appreciate you being here with Impact Talk Radio. And as always, my hope and my prayer for you is that you would stop reacting and start leading. Have a great day. 